This is the Gate Charlotte Podcast. You're listening to a message by Pastor John Matthews. Give me a couple minutes after that worship, man. I feel like, you know how hard it is to change gears after that stuff sometimes? I get up here and I just want to take a nap, not preach. It's not like it's put me to sleep. It's just that warm embrace of the Lord's in the room and you just want to like cuddle up on the floor. <laughs> Let's do it, right? <laughs> oh, he's so good. We got a lot of stuff to get through this morning, so I'm going to try to keep moving a little here. I just feel his presence so strong, guys. Hmm. If you, all right, hold on, offering guys, just give me a minute, um, and gals. Um, if you really need an encounter with the Lord this morning, like you are hungry for an encounter, like you need an encounter, stand up on your feet right now. I feel it in the room. I feel the, I feel the authority to release this in Jesus' name. I felt something in the prayer room this morning. I felt the Lord tell me, he said, listen, he said, God put on my heart, he said, I'm going to move this morning. Like, I, I felt this authority rise up in me to declare, like, the Lord is saying, I am going to move. Like, whether or not your heart is in a place where you receive what he's doing is what we're going to do right now. But he is going to move. He's going to move on your hearts. And he's going to, I felt this word um, for different people. Actually, I felt a word specifically for you, Jordan. Today starts the day of 30 days of encounters. Like really powerful encounters. Not, I'm not talking just goosebumps. I'm talking like debilitating encounters that, that stop you from whatever else you want to do. And I was going to say it to you, and then you disappeared right when I was getting ready to give you a word. But it's going to start today, a day of 30, 30 days of encounters. And so I'll release that over you more in a minute. But there's, there's a grace in the room right now for this thing on encounters. And so if you're not standing, you can extend your hands towards somebody that is standing and I want you to pull out your big guns right now, all right? The Holy Spirit big guns, all right? And I, I am, uh, yeah, you're going to get it. If you want it, you're going to get it. It's that simple. So in Jesus' name, I declare right now over everyone that is standing on your feet that today would start a moment that would never stop of encounters. In Jesus' name, now you would start encounters in Jesus' name. Right now, I f man, I feel so much authority and power in the room. I speak to everything in your mind that feels like it's going to stop it. And I say, I speak like Jesus did to the waves. He said, peace be still. I speak to your thoughts and I say, be still right now. That your thoughts would be removed out of the way so you could receive the heart of the Father over you right now. And his heart is to encounter you. It's to encounter you. Things are changing this year. People are moving. Positions are changing. And it's not a bad thing. He is realigning. It's, it's like I see a big chessboard. And he's rearranging the pieces to set you up for victory. And he's moving things around. And sometimes when he moves things around, it feels like things become unsettled. And it becomes nerve-wracking. And the father is saying, don't worry about it. I've got this. I've got this. I've got this. So in Jesus' name, right now, I don't know, it doesn't matter if this is your home church or your first week, receive the encounters of the Lord right now, right now. Glory that it would receive it now in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, some of you, you're going to feel things. Some of you feel heat on your body. That's the presence of the Lord. If you feel heat, the best thing to do is say, I want more. I want more. I want you. In the kingdom, the way you get more is you steward what you have. If you have a little, thank him for it and ask for more. More in Jesus' name. And for that person, there's somebody, I, I just heard your thoughts say, I never get it. I'm the one person that always stands up and I never get it. To that person, he just pointed you out and said, oh, you're going to get it. So right now in Jesus' name over every single person, I release an encounter and an experience, an experience experience with the father that marks you that marks you in jesus name 
I speak life to the things that they look like they're dead. They are not dead, and even if they are dead, he's great at bringing the dead back to life. I speak life. I speak life. Some of you, there are things that God put in your heart as a young teenager. He's bringing it back to your memory right now, and you thought it was over, and it's not. It's not. It's still there. It's still there. It's still there. There's something that happens when a whole church stands up full of people that want an encounter with God that I'm telling you is powerful. So in Jesus' name, I say whatever we've received in this moment, double it. Double it. Double it. Double it in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. I pray over Jordan right now for 30 days of encounters that would change you. That when you look in the mirror 30 days from now, you won't even recognize the countenance on your face because of the encounters you've had with the Father. I see as when Moses went up on the mountain and he could only catch the backside. Good thing is you're in a better covenant than that and you get to see everything. And I release the fullness of the encounters over you in Jesus' name. That you would be able to teach and share with an authority through experience. I speak breakthroughs to everybody that there's been something that's in your way that feels like it's been stopping you. I tell it in Jesus' name. Get out of the way. 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 I'm feeling so much stuff, guys. There are some people in this room, even right now, you came to the church, you've been here for a year or so, and all of a sudden you begin to have doubts in your heart. If, I don't know why, I don't know who this is, but you came and there's been even doubts in your heart, and the Lord is saying, you're right where you need to be. Keep waiting on me. Keep waiting on me. I feel like it's a lady, actually, and he's just speaking to your heart and says, you just keep waiting on me. You have moved in faith exactly what you need to do. I'll take care of the rest. Wait on me. Wait on me. Wait on me in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. I hear like a sonic boom in the spirit. Like this is, this is, bam. Jesus. Speak his name. Come on, just say Jesus. Come on, just say Jesus. Come on, say Jesus. I feel the power in the name of Jesus right now. Jesus. It's not about me or anybody else. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Your breakthrough, your freedom, your refreshing, the power is in Jesus. 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 <laughs> Jesus. 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 Come on, Jesus. Come on, Jesus. Come on, don't, don't grow tired. I never grow tired of saying his name. Jesus. Jesus. Come on. Jesus. 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 Man, Jesus. <laughs> I was going to preach on hunger today. I think we just do it. It's already here. Jesus, 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 come on, I declare Jesus in this room, Jesus over you, Jesus over your family, Jesus, Jesus, you're healed in the name of Jesus, you're free in the name of Jesus, there is power in the name of Jesus, I release the name of Jesus over you right now, right now in Jesus' name, Jesus. Jesus! Jesus! Jesus, we have prepared a place for you to come in and sit down that you would be the desire of the nations. We've prepared a place for you. Jesus! Jesus! Jesus, light them on fire, Jesus. Every part that is hungry, light them on fire, Jesus. Every time you say Jesus, you're lighting a match. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Woo. Come on in, those that are watching from home. Jesus, Jesus, 
Jesus in his name, freedom. Come on, come on, come on. Whoa. I'm telling you, man, some of you, the devil thought he had taken you down. He had you all the way to the edge. And I feel like there's this rising insurgence in the body of Christ that's saying, you will not get me down. You will not beat me. You're rising up and you're declaring in the face of a defeated devil, Jesus, 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 Woo! Jesus. <laughs> there's a rising up, there's a rising up, there's a rising up. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, man. Come on, you want outpouring. This is what you get when you just open up and say, come on, Jesus. He doesn't come in like a kitty cat. He comes in roaring like a lion. And he is in this place roaring this morning. I'm telling you, he's here. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Can never get enough more. More of you. Could never get enough. More of you. More of you. Whoa. More of you. More of you. Jesus. More of you. People's necks are being healed right now. If you've had pain in your neck, Check it. It's being healed right now. People's necks are being healed. I just feel like the pains in the back of your neck is being healed. Check it. If you receive a healing, it doesn't matter when. I'm going to do something really weird. I've never done this. Just, just at any point in the service, if you get healed, you can wave your hands. I want you to check right now, and if you have anything in your body that has been healed, I want you to wave your hands right now. Right there. Right there. Come on, come on, right there. Come on. I love it when he does all the heavy lifting. We, you realize we didn't even pray for anybody. You know, Jesus never told you to pray for the sick. He told you to heal the sick. And what happens is, is when you get into the atmosphere where there's so much of him, sickness has to go. It begins to be pushed out. And it's being pushed out right now. Back pain, lower back pain, on maybe a little bit more on the right side is being healed right now. Check your back if that's you. Back pain, lower right side. If that's you, just receive that right now. Back pain, lower right side. And I said, like I said, if you feel the healing, just wave your hands. You don't have to wait on me to call it out. You can just wave your hands. Thanks. Right there. Come on. Right there. Right there. Come on. Thanks, Jesus. That's all right. Thanks, Jesus. Wow. There you go. There you go. He's really that good. Amen. <sighs> what a great place to be on a cold, rainy day, but in a hot, fiery house. <laughs> Jesus. Jesus. Do you have room for a little more? I just felt, 
If you want a little more, put your hands out. This is a dangerous point. This is the point of no return, guys. So if you put your hands out, you're gonna get what you expect. So in Jesus' name, I just pray right now that you would release more of your spirit in this house. More, more in Jesus' name. You get what you receive. Come on, receive it. And receive it. It's up. Come on, more in Jesus' name. More in Jesus' name. Oh, man. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> I release the prophetic voices in this house. I kept, I was down there and I'm like, what's happening? What's happening? What's happening? And he's saying that your tongues need to be unloosed. They need to be loosed. They need to be untied. The prophetic voices in this house need to rise. The atmosphere shifters in this house need to rise. They need to take their place. They need to hear their voice. Receive it. Speak out. Speak out. Raise your voices if you are a prophetic voice. If you are an atmosphere shifter, raise your voice. Raise your voice. Let this city hear you. We shift the atmosphere. We bring heaven to earth. Heaven comes out of us. Heaven comes out of our mouths. Ho! Ho! Who in here needs breakthrough in their prophetic voice? Raise your hand, wave it so that we can see. A lot of you, receive it. Receive it. Receive it. Receive it. receiving it. That's not your prophetic voice. Silence is never your prophetic voice. Take it. Take it. He has given everything to you. He has given you your voice. He has given you your voice. He's not done. He's not done. He's not done. How much do you want it? How much do you want to unlock? The keys are in your hands. The keys are in your hands. There's more, there's more, there's more, there's more. Show. Shatatakara, papa, patia, shokotoro, mama, mama, maria, Jesus, 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 Jesus. My prophetic voice says, Jesus, Jesus. I will shift the atmosphere saying, Jesus, 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 Jesus. Jesus! 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 Ho! Ho! We will take the more! We will take the more!
Jesus. 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 Stay in this atmosphere. It's got a word. Uh, Peg Willard, I, where are you at? There you are. I got a word for you. You were standing up, and I heard the Lord say that the enemy will regret, regret the fact that he ever messed with you. In Jesus' name. Everybody point your You're going to have a lot of Holy Spirit shooting at you in a minute. Point right here. She's right there. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. I speak completeness over you. In Jesus' name, everything that your heart desires, I speak completeness over you in Jesus' name. And that the enemy will regret the fact that he ever tried to mess with you. It's going to be to the point where he's not going to want to mess with you or any of your family or any of your friends. Because it just blew up in his face. So in Jesus' name, we release the fullness of heaven on you right now. In Jesus' name, completeness, completeness. I hear the word completeness, completeness. Completeness. That is the word, completeness. Everybody just say it over her. Completeness. Completeness in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. It's done. I'm standing on it right now. It is done. 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 There you go. Now breathe on her. <laughs> breathe on her, Jesus. Breathe on her. Breathe on her. We just, man, just everything that isn't you just melts off. And breathe fresh air. I even feel like the air you breathe. I don't know how that works. Something in your lungs is changing how you process the air that you breathe. So I don't know if that makes sense, but the air in your lungs will be changing. So whatever that means, something's happening in your lungs, and it's changing the air where you can receive what you need to receive and not receive what you don't need to receive. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. There it is. In Jesus' name. I'm going to let you try to sit down for a few minutes if you can. I don't know where we're going at this point in the service. Um, <laughs> I won't be preaching much, that's for sure, but that's okay. I always have this... I'll, I'll have to learn to just listen one of these days because 
I always have these Saturday nights where I just can't get anything clearly. And I'm like, I know he's going to break out, but I'm such an over-preparer. I'm like, I'm going to be ready. And he always breaks out, <laughs> but I'm still prepared. <laughs> I, we've, we've got a couple things that's, we're going to do this morning that fits right in with what the Holy Spirit's doing, actually. Um, trying to figure out what order we want to do this in now, since order pretty much went away. <laughs> And all the prophetic people are like, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> okay. Let's do this. Let's do this. We're going to, we've got a couple announcements that we'll make here in a moment. Before we do that, we are going to take up our offering. So, yeah. Thanks. Thanks. I, I don't ever want it to be like, oh, we got to leave that. Man, it's just another expression of what God's doing. All right, Jesus, help me out. <laughs> this may be my offering. It'll be my sermon. Let's, let's do that. I was reading a scripture this morning that caught my attention. That really stuck out to me, and I want to read it to you guys before we take up our offering. Mark chapter 12, verse 41 says, And Jesus sat down opposite the place where the offerings were put and watched the crowd putting their money into the temple treasury. <laughs> Talk about an awkward moment, right? Talk about giving and Jesus is just like looking at you. <laughs> That'll increase the offerings, huh? <laughs> so Jesus, is, Jesus said, uh, it said, Many rich people threw in large amounts. But a poor widow came and put in two very small copper coins, worth only a few cents. Calling his disciples to him, Jesus said, truly I tell you, this poor widow has put more into the treasury than all others. They all gave out of their wealth, but she gave out of her poverty and put in everything, all she had to live on. This is a powerful revelation about understanding generosity, spoken by Jesus himself. He said, the poor widow has put more into the treasury than all others. Now, it wasn't more in quantity, but Jesus was saying it was more in quality. He said there were people that were rich that threw in excessive amounts, but here she is. She gave her two coins, and he said that he, there was a generosity. There was a, a heart behind it that wasn't there from the others. And to Jesus, her two coins were more valuable than the large amounts that the rich threw in. This was all about where it came from. There's something in this, this, this scripture that really challenged me. The whole concept here was where she gave from. The passage tells us that she gave from all she had. She wasn't giving from excess. Everybody say excess. <laughs> she was giving from her core. She was giving from the place that actually provided her sustenance. And when we give from our excess, it doesn't tap into the same faith that it does when we give from our core. Now, our core and our excess, this is all different for everybody in this room. Some of you, $5 may be your core. Some of you, $5,000 may be excess. I don't know. But it's when we begin to give from our core account that we actually get to step up to being par with the widow.
Jesus acknowledged her and he honored her sacrifice above the gifts of the wealthy because he said, it's where you gave from. Amen. Giving from, let me say it this way. Giving from excess, excess is still honorable. Let me say that. But I want to challenge us to be a people that we give from a place that it's core. Jesus said in Ephesians, I think it was chapter 5, verse 2, this is love, that the father would, the son that would lay down his life and he would sacrifice it for you. A definition for love is sacrifice. I want to be a person that when I give, it actually costs me something. I'm, I know I'm challenging you this morning. I want it to come from a place that it cost me something. Because I think it's honorable to give from my excess, but I think it takes a level of faith to give from a place that says that's went beyond access and that's excess and that's tapping into my core account. And Jesus said over her, he said, that was more than everyone else gave, was the lady that gave from her at core. And I want to challenge you this year. Um, I want to challenge you to give from a place. Let us, not just today, guys, let's, let's not make this a hype over one offering. Let's make it a place that we live from, that we live from a place that I don't want to, how do I say this right? I don't want to do anything that doesn't cost me something for the Lord. I don't want to give him my leftovers. Amen. It's another word for excess. I mean, it's my leftovers. Amen. It's easy to give somebody a little bit of food when you got more than enough, but when you got like that one piece of pizza you're really wanting... And they're like, oh, I want a piece of that. And that's like, you're tapping into my core now, man. It's like, Jesus is that. It's just, there's something about him that wants us to give where it cost us something. Why? He demonstrated it. So let's be a people that not just in our, our offerings, and, but, but in life. Let's be a people that it cost us something. We, we live from sacrifice. Yeah, obedience is better than sacrifice, but it doesn't take away the need for sacrifice. Amen? Amen. Thanks, Jesus. Father, speak to our hearts right now. Help us tap into a place in our hearts that we begin to step out from a place of our core. Let's get beyond... It's, it's, it's great. Maybe some of you, you'll, maybe, maybe you're starting, and maybe you start with the excess, but that's not where we need to land. We need to land in a place where we give from our core. Lord, let us be known as a people that we're okay sacrificing to invest into your kingdom. We love you. We love what you're doing on the earth, and we just can't express how honored we are to be a part of it. I'm going to call the ushers up. I just pray blessings over everybody this morning as they give. I pray over your family that you would experience just the hand of favor on your finances. That you would be surprised. Just surprised. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen. All right, they're going to pass the baskets. And then if you'd like to text uh, using a card, you can text the number on the screen and just put the amount in the text field. Amen. He is that good. If I didn't feel like curling up on the floor before, I'd sure do now. It just keeps getting heavier. So while they're passing the baskets, we're going we're gonna, to uh, make some announcements today that um, is all good stuff. How many of you know in the kingdom of God, it's always moving? And there's always transition. I told a story one time of the gentleman that's coming to our church, Harold Eberly. He, told, he talked about how he went into a really small rural church and ministered. And he went in there and he said, he said, it was like I walked into this church and it felt like almost, he said, the best way I could explain it was like this womb full of babies ready to be birthed into the world. 
And he said, I went into this church and I ministered and the power of God hit him. And he said he got a call not too long after that that the church shut down. How many know that's not what you want your record to be when you minister places? Um, <laughs> why am I having him? Um, no, and uh, he said that they called him up and said the church shut down. And this particular church was a unique case because he said everybody in the local church had a call on their life to go do ministry. But none of them would go. And he said when they all got encountered with the Holy Spirit, literally the whole church went where God told him to go. And he said the church just dissolved because it was just there for a season. And everybody went. And one of the things I've learned from that is that we're always in a season of transition. I mean, I said it last week in a prophetic church, we're always transitioning. And sometimes people minister in certain positions, and those positions and those roles change. And today we have one that's changing. And uh, one of the most dear people in this house that I love so much, Mikey and Carly, I want you guys to come up here with me a minute. Yeah. I want to, first of all, let me, let me say over them, they're not leaving. So that is good, and you, you could be seated. They're not leaving, but uh, one of the things that I've come to find out is that the calling in our life is bigger than the roles we play. And sometimes the roles change because we're following the call. And the role on their life is changing. And they have faithfully served as youth pastors in this house and before it transitioned into the gate as Christian Life Center. Mikey got saved in my youth ministry. And, um, and then, uh, so basically, like, your wife, your kids, it's all because of me, bro. Like, so, my birthday's May 7th, just telling you. <laughs> Carly brought him. Uh, that's, like, it's the setup. Bring him, get him saved. But uh, I led you to the Lord, too. Like, that's my wife. I led my wife to the Lord. Did you know that? Like, she, yeah, yeah, when she was, like, a hot mess, man. I was like, I want to marry you. You need to get your life together, woman. <laughs> I've got a story I'll tell you that is going to be really fun after this. Um, she's like, oh, no. So, but Mikey and Carly, they have been faithfully serving the youth ministry. And I mean faithfully. Committed, beautiful hearts, along with other people that I'm going to mention in a minute. And we have been on this journey together. And about a few months ago began to feel some transition happening, began to see some things that you could see. Just sometimes you can see in the natural what's happening in the spirit, and you could see transition happening. They're getting ready to have also their third baby. And um, we, we sat down, and we had a number of conversations, and we felt like that it was time to transition out of the youth ministry. And one of the things the church has not done very well, in my opinion, is how to handle transition because uh, often in a scenario like this, it would be, okay, you're leaving, now you've got to leave the church. And, you know, how many know what I'm talking about? The denominational method is you got to go. Well, that's not a family model. Um, and so just because things change doesn't mean that, um, and let me make this really clear for the record, they've done nothing wrong. Like, there's no, like, something I'm hiding from you, like they screwed up. It's, it's quite the opposite. They're probably two of the most committed, faithful people that I've ever ministered with in my life. And so they're not, they're not, um, they're not leaving. They're going to lay back a little bit in the season of their third coming and just kind of, when I actually, when I had, when we had our third was actually when we, what? Third coming, second coming, third coming. <laughs> forthcoming. I got a lot of jokes I could make right now, but I'm just going to keep it together. So, um, <laughs> but uh, I, we wanted to bless them this morning and, and really just thank them. They have, and not only them, the people that have helped. There have been, uh, this is always dangerous having people stand up, but there have been a handful of people over the past year or two that have specifically been a help to them. And I want to acknowledge them too. So, um, Jordan and Ashley, I want you guys stand up right where you're at. Um, yeah. Nathan Teal, stand up where you're at. Uh, Lee Williams. Wow, y'all still in the same area. This is easy. And is Gabe in here? Is Gabe? Is Gabe? My man Gabe. Gabe right here. He, these guys, 
These guys have like been faithfully just pouring in and pouring out of themselves. And I mean, I'm talking take up their vacation time to go on trips with teenagers. Like some of you are like, whoa, there's a call. Yeah, there's a call. I, I did it for 15 years. It takes God. But there's, a, you know, <laughs> but they, they really have, they have, they have, they have poured into them. Kids have been saved. Kids have been baptized. They've been filled with the Holy Spirit all under them pouring out. And so this morning, I wanted to take a moment and just honor all of them. But before we do anything else, I want you to extend your hands towards them. Just or if somebody's standing around, you put your hand on their shoulder. And we want to just pray over them in the season of transition. Father, we just, first of all, we thank you for Mikey and Carly and what they have poured out so selflessly into all of the lives of these teenagers, those that are here and even ones that may not even be here anymore. And Father, we just pray honor over them, Lord. I speak honor over them. I speak honor over their leaders. I speak honor over everyone who has poured out for years. We just pray that, Lord, you would just see them and smile on them and have favor on them and just, just release tremendous abundance over them. Lord, I pray that you would, as they... As they change roles that even though their their role is changing their call is so much greater than that and so you would continue to guide them and that there would never be any uh, confusion there would never be any concern what's the next step but lord that you would just lay out the path before them yeah. so that they don't have to worry about it and i pray that they would find peace and comfort in you and that lord is even though uh some of the things are changing they still have a voice in these teenagers lives father so that they would continue to speak life over them and they would continue to speak identity over them in jesus name amen 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 let's honor them one more time yeah come on they deserve to be stood for Yeah. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to, everyone else can be seated. You guys stay here one more minute. So what we're going to do, and I asked, Car I asked Mikey and Carly about this because I wanted to make sure we did this in a way that they were honored. But they said, we'd love to be up here and be a part of handing it off to who's taking over. And so we want to see this be just a whole... Um, transaction of ministry, if you want to call that, one of honor. So we're going to honor another couple that are stepping up here. I want Alex and Aria to come on up here, guys. Yeah. I want you just to extend your hands. I want you guys to lay hands on them. And I want you guys to extend your hands this way. And I want you to give your best prayer, guys. Father, we just thank you for Alex and Aria and, and, and responding to the call that you have put on them to step into this role with this youth ministry. Father, I pray that you would guide them. I pray that they would be able to build on the shoulders of what has already been built. And, and continue to develop, Father, the lives of these young people. I pray there would be a favor to speak into the young people, Lord, that only comes from you. That the hard conversations that sometimes have to be had become easy. Because you've just given them a favor for it. Father, I pray you would surround them as they hitch up their wagon with us, Lord. And all of the resistance that comes with it. We just, as a church body, we right now surround them. And we make it known that we support you. And we surround you. And that we stand with you. I pray that they would be filled with vision. That it would just flow, Father, freely from them. And that, Lord, that there would be no striving at all. There would never be striving. It would always be ministering from a place of just identity. Sonship. Daughtership. Lord, we love them. I pray, Lord, as they take this, as they take this uh, mantle as you would have it, Lord. That, Father, that it would be a time of joy for them as they step into this role. Lord, we bless them and we honor everybody that's been involved in this youth ministry. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Lots of tears up here.
proud of those guys. Wow. You know, I don't think in my whole life I've actually ever seen what we did done. Not my life. I've seen a lot of people leave ministry and a lot of people start ministry. I've seen a lot of people kicked out of ministry. Um, But I've never seen what just happened. And I pray that we can be a place that cultivates the ability to go from glory to glory. And the only way we can go from glory to glory is if we can know the seasons and the times when it's right to let go of something. And so, um, let me just... Let me just talk to you. How about that for just a moment? I, I got to give the kids' church a few minutes. They have so much fun, and they get so mad when I cut it off short. <laughs> so you got to hang with me just a few more minutes. I, sometimes I'm done, and the, the, the kids are like, no, don't, don't. Ah, <laughs> oh, Jesus. We, we, are in a, we are in a season of um, a lot of good change around here. Um, when I say good change, change can still hurt. Yeah. Make that clear. Sometimes when we let go of things we love, it's not easy. I've done it. Those of you, um, and I've seen it done. Um, you know what? What am I talking about? My dad handed it off to me. We have seen it done at least one other time. Um, sorry. My mind's a little foggy. Give some grace, okay? Um, my dad's probably watching the stream text to me. Yes, I did. Uh, <laughs> For those of you that don't know, uh, let me just share a couple pieces with you. My, I'm a second-generation pastor. My dad pastored before me. He pastored in this building. He pastored for a uh, total of, I think, like 27, 28 years. And what's that? Yeah, um, they built this building. Um, this building is debt-free. I got to inherit, really, uh, quite, quite a treat. <laughs> That's really good. Go look up the land value on Zillow. It's really good. <laughs> and uh, I, uh, I stepped in, and we began to fill the call on our life. I, I knew from a young age I was called to ministry from a kid, man. I, I was really different. I didn't want to hang out with kids. Like, I just, I was, when I went to conferences that were adult conferences, I wanted to be in the room where the fire was. Like, I was never interested in, like... Like babysitting. I'm not talking like our cool kids ministry. Like these, these were like, I'll babysit you. And yeah. I wanted to be in the room, man. Yeah. And I, I remember in 2000 and I believe 2010, we took, we were youth pastors and we had planned a youth trip to the beach. And it's a funny story, but I, I, before that, someone had told me about this Jesus culture and Bethel and all this stuff. And I began listening to Jesus culture, and it began to stir something in my heart. I said, there's something we're missing. And back then, it was all really, really uh, fresh for us. And so long story short, we, we <laughs> I did the unthinkable. I, I took our beach trip with our youth group, and I found out the same weekend Jesus culture was coming to Atlanta with a conference. And I said, I made some teenagers really mad at me. I said, we're canceling the beach trip, and we're going to Atlanta. <laughs> and they were like... Really? Beach, Atlanta. And I said, you know, if you want your money back, we'll give it all back to you. But I feel like we're supposed to go there. And so we took these teenagers there, 2010, and we went to Atlanta. And we began to experience things. Some of you were with me. If you were with me on that trip, raise your hand. I'm just curious who's with me. Cool, cool. Okay. Not a whole lot of us, huh? Uh, (laughs) Represent. And um, so we went on this trip, and we began to experience things that rocked our world. And I mean things that rocked our world. I'll never forget on the, throughout the whole conference, I saw this, this um, teenager that he had no fingers. His, his, his fingers, he went to the knuckles, and he was born with a, he had no fingers. I don't know how to say it. And it was the final night of the conference, and at the, it was the final night, and there was this, I walked in, and there was this, like, group of people praying up front, and there was this roar of prayer. And I'm like, half, it's a big room. I'm like halfway back. And I'm like, what's going on? And I couldn't, you couldn't, the aisles were full. The front was full. You couldn't see. And so I'm like, I kind of felt like a, what that moment, like 
taking the ceiling off her and lowering the lame man through the ceiling. I, I was the dude that the logistics guys get mad at. I went all the way over the chairs. I climbed row by row by row by row all the way to the front. When I got to the front, I, there was a bunch of our group there, but I saw Mikey and I saw Travis holding the hands of this kid that didn't have any fingers beyond his knuckles, and I saw him praying over him, and everybody praying a miracle over him, and I watched his fingers growing out. I watched, I kid you not, guys, I watched his fingers grow out from the knuckles, and I know by the start of the service, it was already out to the second set of knuckles, and his skin, he was, he had lighter skin. It was, it was pure. It hadn't been in the sun. You want to talk about a miracle, man? I was like, I was even like, if I hadn't seen it, I'd probably be like, most how you guys are looking at me right now, like, uh-uh, uh-uh, I was like, whoa, these guys were, hand and so I, I remember I called my dad, and I said, listen, when we come back, I said, let us have the service, just let the teens have it, and so he did, and we came back, and they shared what the Lord did, and we saw miracles and signs and wonders break out. And something shifted in the atmosphere in 2010. And I could, I could follow the progression. But when we came a few years later, we knew that my dad was, uh, was going to be retiring. And wow. he'd served for, I mean, that was just 28 years in this church. And we knew that there was a transition coming. And we knew there was a lot of change that was going to come. And this is what I'm talking about this morning. The kingdom of God is always moving. And I remember sitting with my parents, and uh, I remember my dad at that point, the church had just gone through a lot of struggles, and I could tell he was just anxious what I was going to get handed, basically, you know, are you going to get a mess, you know, and, and a, as a good father would do, he wanted it to be the best handoff as possible. And I remember sitting on, on the back porch with him, and I finally just told him, I said, Dad, if it's God, it will all be fine. And I, I'm fully prepared wherever this thing goes. Well, I didn't know it was going to go like this. I mean, I'm going to be honest with you. It's definitely went further than I had prepared myself for. I was preparing for the worst. That sounds really bad right now, but then it just blew up and took off for the good. And um, yeah, my huge faith, all right? But, um, <laughs> but so we did a transition in September of 2016 where I stepped in and we did a handoff just like you just saw but it was with the church. And we saw, really what we did was we honored, one of the things I've learned is where you end, how you, how do I say this? How you handle the end of one season sets you up for where you get to start your next season. How Mikey and Carly just handled walking in honor and handing off something that they poured their hearts into sets them up to start really high in their next season. And we, we walked and we honored and, we, and we've, we've went down this path and the church has grown. It was very just a handful of people when we started it. Um, it uh, yeah. <laughs> How many of you were just curious? Raise your hand if you were here when we did the handoff from my dad. Yeah, it's not too many. Yep, that's all, that's all 25 or 30. Um, and so uh, thanks for hanging around, guys. <laughs> But we started, we, we went into this thing, man, and I remember I, I remember I, I called a friend. I was really frustrated. I called a, actually, we had Brian Simmons came in and ministered, and I'll never forget this. He was, we took him out to lunch at a Chili's, and we were in the parking lot, and I, we were walking him to his car, and he looked at me, and I was so frustrated. And he said, he just looked at me and said, to me and Tiffany, he said, you guys are generals. You're champions. Amen. And... How many know when Brian says it, you believe it? Like, just, he has this gift of faith. It's like, I am. <laughs> yeah, I am. You know? and, uh, <laughs> and I remember calling him because we were starting, and I thought, are we, I was, we're changing the name. The pastor's retired. We changed, like, we were affiliated with a denomination. And I was actually, we hadn't changed the name yet. It used to be called Christian Life Center. And the Lord showed me, he said in my word, he said, when people line up their identity with their promise, they get to get their promise. Yeah. Sarai, and at that point, Sarai and Abram, at that point, carried a promise for many, many years yeah. until they changed their identity to align with the promise. Amen. And they changed their names to Abraham and Sarah <laughs> when they couldn't even have children. And they changed their name to like father of nations. 
And I called up, I remember calling and talking to Brian. I said, do you think it's too much to change the name after all this? <laughs> he's, he's like, how many people you got left? <laughs> I said, <laughs> I said, well, not a whole lot. <laughs> he said, well, if they've hung you with you this long, he said, they're probably good to go. And he said, just make the changes. And so we changed the name to The Gate because we believe that we were called to be a place where heaven connects with earth. And we began to pursue what God had on our heart. And I'm, I'm bringing this, I'm just, I'm going somewhere with this. Hang one more minute. Over the years, we've experienced a lot of changes. And one of the things we're in right now is we've grown a lot. We're, we're going a lot of, we're changing structures. Things are moving around. I was talking with a friend recently, and he said, he said, you know, you don't change things. And there's a, there's, a, there's a false idea in a church that you restructure to grow. He said, if you take a goldfish and put it in a bowl, it will stay little. But he said, if you take a goldfish and throw it in a pond, it will grow. What changed? Didn't change the DNA in the fish. It was already there. It changed the environment in which it was in. We don't change things like we are changing just to try something new. We change it because we're creating an atmosphere for what God wants to do. And it's growing. It's moving. Roles are shifting. You're going to hear a lot more people that are joining the team over the next few weeks and months because things are changing. But it's good. It's really good. And what we're asking of you guys is we need, us to, we need this house. We need to be, we want to do this thing together. We want to do this thing together. I, I've sat down with many, many people over the past few weeks that have had, it's been a challenge, but we've made it through. And we want to do this thing together. And we're going to continue to move towards the goal. We're going to continue to move toward, we're going to keep hosting his presence like we have been. I mean, what we experienced this morning, guys, you realize how, what a treat? Yeah. <sighs> I mean, if I, was, if I didn't preach here, I'd still go here. This is a good church, man. <laughs> Trust me, not all preachers feel that way. I've talked to them. <laughs> but it's a treat what God's doing. And so I just, I just wanted to just take a moment and say that the, the biggest thing, I, I was going to talk to you about hunger, and I'm not going to get into it, but you know the one thing, there's one scripture I'll read to you, and it's, it's out of Proverbs, and I've read it so many times, but let's just give you this one. As soon as I find it, there you go. Proverbs 27. This is your one scripture so we can keep this service legal. <laughs> we did read the Bible this morning. <laughs> Proverbs 27 verse 7 says that the one who is full loathes the honey from the comb but to the hungry even what is bitter tastes sweet what does that mean any parent has said to their kid at some point when you're hungry enough you'll eat it <laughs> <laughs> My kid has an amazing stamina. Ethan, yeah. I, I think he could end up on life support at the table before he would eat. But how many in here have ever been told that if you're hungry enough, you'll eat it? Some of you are like having flashbacks to at home. I feel sozos all over the room that are needed right now. Now you need inner healing, but no. What's, in, in the spiritual realm, what does that mean? That means that there are times where it's not always sweet. But to those that are hungry, they'll still eat of it. And to those that are full, even the sweet things, they don't want it. I always relate it to saying that it's like religion. Religion is form without power. Religion's like junk food. It makes you feel full, but you're really not. But people that are passionate and hungry for the Lord say that even though there are things that are not always my favorite, I'm hungry. And I'll eat that. 
And as long as we keep that the center of what we're doing, there's no stopping what the Lord's doing here. Because hungry people move heaven and earth. And I couldn't be more excited about where things are going with this church. I mean it. I couldn't be more excited. And I'm just so honored by everybody that is a part of our team. Thank you, guys. Thank you, guys. So let's do this. Let's end off on a funny story. <laughs> Don't you leave. Anybody leaves, I'm watching you. <laughs> people are like, I'm going home. One, one minute. I want to tell you the story of how my wife tricked me. You ready for this? Mm. Symphony's cutting me down. No, no, no. This is a great story. You ready? Here it is. Mm. How many remember AOL Instant Messenger? Yep. Oh, yeah. You know, it beeps and, you know, all that thing, your friends online, right? So my wife, I met my wife when we were 14 years old in, in revival times, and, and we were having an outpour, and she walked in, and I was like, whew. Mm. I felt the glory that morning like I never felt it before. Black boots, black pants, purple shirt, and a black leather jacket walked in. And I, I saw her, and uh, I was a drummer, right, at that time. And I was playing drums, and I was trying to look at her, but my cymbal was in the way. And I'm playing, and, and God's honest truth, I hit myself flat in the face with a drumstick trying to lean over and see my wife. I'm playing, and bam! Mm. So this proves it's not about first impressions, all right? <laughs> My whole story just tears that apart, but I, I <laughs> that was one of two times. The second time I leaned over to saw her, see her, my headphone cord got sucked into the fan, <laughs> and it yanked my, no, is it not true? That was, it, it, it's in her journal, and that was back before we had in-ears. You had those big over-the-head ones, and it goes, whoo, and it, and so I, I saw her, and I was like, I was, I was just being smooth, man. Just being smooth. Laying all my, I was a pulling a victor. I'm laying all my cards on the table right up front. <laughs> and so uh, she, she's walking out the door, man. And I, I, mean, I run out, boldness comes over me. I do not, I ran out. Hey, 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 hey. 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 <laughs> I was like, we got this youth thing today. You want to hang out? And she's like, no. I was like, okay. And so, didn't, and then it uh, didn't work out. And so, long story short, we, we, we'd known each other since we were 14 years old. And at like 18 or 19, she was, um, she was getting ready to go to college. And I was like, now or never, man. Now or never. And so, I was smooth. Told her I needed her to come and help me pick out a Christmas gift for my mom but I'll take you to dinner. It's basically a date. <laughs> guys, young guys, remember this one, that, are, that aren't married, young guys, remember this one. And uh, so anyways, we, long story short, I had really liked her for years, man, years. And um, <laughs> so here we go, bring it to the end. I all of a sudden played, I don't know why I did this, I all of a sudden played hard to get. I think after four or five years of pursuing, I'm like, I want to feel pursued. <laughs> so all of a sudden, I changed the roles. And we were at dinner, shop after shopping, and she asked this question, because we had went on this little date when we were like 14. Like, not really a date, but now that I have teenagers, it wasn't a real date. And um, I, she says to me, she says, would you ever date someone that you've already dated before? She's laying it out, right? I said, nope. It's like, I'm going to be pursued. I was being a jerk, really. And uh, so here's, where, here's the funny part. She, after that, she, she, uh, <laughs> she, you remember AOL Instant Messenger, right? Her friend was like her neighbor got on and was like, hey, John, how you doing? We're chatting. I'm good. How are you today? Her name is Heather. We're just having a little chat. Yada, yada, yada. She gets off. And she, oh, she's asking me all these questions, you know. Do you like Tiffany? I'm like, yeah, man. He's just like, what are you asking me? All these, like, really big questions. Like, like, well, tell me more. Like, details. I'm like, well, yeah, yada, yada, yada. Anyways, we get off, like, 10 minutes later. She gets back on. Doo -doo. And uh, she's like, hey, John, how you doing? I'm like, good. 
She's like, what you been up to? I'm like, it's like Groundhog Day now, you know? I'm just like, yeah, good. I said, we just talked. She said, no, we didn't. She's like, Tiffany's been over here and we've been hanging out. She logged on to her account and asked me all these questions under a false identity. It was over, it was over then. I was just like, all right, it's by the ring. It's over now, you know? So my pursuit, but she pursued me, so I felt loved. So, but it was, so don't let my wife fool you. She's a smart one. I, my wife is amazing. She's absolutely amazing. And I just couldn't be more thankful for her. And so let's do this. Let's stand up and close with a word of prayer. Thanks for enjoying my story. I have bought the kids' church enough time that we can yeah. let out now. <laughs> Jesus. Father, I pray that, Lord, in Jesus' name, what you've done in this house would only increase from this day forward, Father. That the presence and the power that you've poured out today, that, Lord, it would not lighten, it would not lift, but it would only grow, Father. I pray that even next week as we get together, and Jason Clark's speaking next week, even as we come together and Jason ministers, that, Father, there would be an anointing and authority to minister that he's never even experienced before, Father. Lord, we just, we pray blessings over this house. I pray blessings over everyone and their families as they leave from this place. In Jesus' name, amen.